You're listening to Plans We Make. I'm Rafiq Bhatia, guitarist for Sun Lux, and this is our second of three episodes discussing the theme of story with some of our favorite artists and collaborators. Today, I'll be talking with poet and author Mitchell L.H. Douglas. Among his many accomplishments, Mitchell is the author of Dying in the Scarecrow's Arms, winner of the Lexi Rudnitsky Editor's Choice Award, and Cooling Board, a long-playing poem, an NAACP Image Award nominee. His poetry has been featured in numerous literary journals, and he's an associate professor of English at IUPUI, a public research university associated with Indiana University and Purdue in Indianapolis. I first met Mitchell when Sunlux commissioned him to write in response to our latest three-volume release, Tomorrow's. Mitchell responded with Voyager, a triptych which may be read with each column treated as an independent poem, or alternately, across all three columns from left to right as one unified poem. I'm really excited to explore Mitchell's personal approaches to form and narrativity in this episode. Man, it's it's great to have you with us. Thank you so much for joining us, Mitchell. Um, are you you're coming to us from Indianapolis? In Indy, yeah. Just wrapping up a year of teaching and getting ready to work on my project. I've been putting a lot of work and planning to. Summer is always great for professors so we can read what we want to read and get back to our own writing. So I am like super excited to travel to places and not tell people where I am and write in secret and get a bunch of poems written. Clandestine, <laughs> yes. clandestine with a pen. It's a good time. What does that process look like for you when you're you're trying to find um, a sort of space in secret to like hone in on your ideas? How do you go about that? I think everybody has ritual. You know, mm-hmm. if you're an artist, you kind of have, you know, things you go through, you know, a T-shirt of somebody you care about, um, <laughs> a, um, a place that means something to you in terms yeah. of where you started or, you know, where you make connections with other artists. So I'm always seeking those places out. So I've I just uh, received a National Endowment for the Arts uh, award. Uh, yeah, that's like, you know, which freaked me out too, because and that's it's, so the funniest, amazing. <laughs> it's the yeah. funniest thing because people will tell like, be like, yeah, man, I had to hold this secret for months and I couldn't tell anybody and it was yeah. killing me. And we're like, yeah, you know, like just acting like nothing happened. So the award is for you to travel and research. And I'm like, oh, you know, I've great. got this, I've got this huge yeah. project that I'm working on. Like for me, it's probably going to be one of the most difficult things I've ever written. Like mm. no pressure, right? But yeah. I come up with, <laughs> but I come up with this idea, and I'm like, okay, and I submit the proposal and some new poems, and you know, so now you know I have this opportunity to be able to travel. And my fear is has always been, and I tell people this sometimes, is that you know, as a poet, I don't want to keep writing the same poem over and over again. I want to be do something new and different and challenging because I don't want people to be like, well, okay, this is what he did in the last book. Like, why do this again? Which, I mean, I know you can relate to thinking about like, you know, this Sun Lux album, like, you know, you don't want to sound, you don't want to be the same album over and over again, right? I mean, it's a very real, you know, pressure, but the, the cool thing about that is, I think as an artist is you never really know what you're going to produce when that pressure is on yeah and and some beautiful things can come out of that oh yeah um and it's happened with me before i know personally and i'm and i'm always like surprised by that so at the same time while i'm like scared to death <laughs> to get to start the stuff i'm also like 
like, oh, like I'm going here and I'm looking at the, you know, I'm looking at my schedule, like, you know, getting these, you know, appointments set up to, you know, go through archives and stuff. And I'm just like, oh, like, yeah, like it's finally happening. So um, oh my it, God. It's, it's a good, it's a good feeling, man. Yeah. That's, really that's good. amazing. Like how long has the planning been underway? You know, it's funny because I think good, you know, books, like each one, maybe they have their own kind of set amount of time. And so projects also kind of change too. Like this is the thing that um, I always have to be mindful of is that this is something I've been thinking about for the for the past year, putting together and actually it's turned into something totally different. And that time it took to rethink, I don't know if it was the, you know, the pandemic or whatever, but you know that sometimes when you work on something for a longer period of time, it might start here, but then you have new experiences that I, it opens up to a totally different thing. And you're like, oh, like this is what it should be, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it's just like fate. I'm, I'm with my partner in Chicago and we were supposed to go to this writing conference and the mm-hmm. pandemic hit and we were just like, no, we're not doing that. <laughs> so we went to Chicago to go visit friends Mm. and went to the went to the mca just great museum there yeah and i saw this painting by this artist you know and she she sees me looking at this painting i was like no this is it so the project totally flipped and i was Mm. like ah this is where we're going now you know um we're like museum nerds so like mm-hmm. you know like we we laugh and say museums are our love language you know like we'll pop up <laughs> in a museum probably see us looking at a painting like this together somewhere um but the whole project changed and i was mm-hmm. so excited and it's, it's funny when stuff like that happens because you're like yeah. i was just going here because we love museums we're going to chicago we got friends in chicago we're just going to hang out and mm-hmm. visit them you know and right after that you know, pandemic is, you know, full on and everybody is sequestered, but that, that trip just changed so many things. And so it's just, that's one of the things I think for me is like, is fun about being an artist, just those things that you just don't, you don't know what's going to happen, but then you just like, you stumble into some new experience and it's like, oh, no, this is what it is now. And then you're like off following something else. And it's just, it's so much fun, man. So I'm, I am, you know, I'm really excited about um, where it's going. It's also weird because I have to be so, like, ridiculously secretive <laughs> about things. So, I, you know, I'm like, I, I'm, I'm fully aware that as I'm talking about things and I'm excited. It's like you are so ridiculous. You're so cryptic. Like, I, <laughs> like, what are you gonna write about? I'm gonna write about stuff and I'll put this stuff yeah. together. You know, <laughs> there are gonna be things in here. <laughs> you're gonna hear about them in a little while. I mean, you know, I hate that I have to do that, but it's also yeah. like well, yeah. well aware and acquainted with that, <laughs> that feeling. It's like you're sure. not you're not leaking an album to anybody before release date. Yeah. So I, you know. I, I know you understand that that fully. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, very much so. But you mentioned something that I wanted to kind of zero in on. So you're you were talking about like, you know, going to places that may have had significance to you, um, mm-hmm. you know, at, at some time. And that's something that I have also had some experiences, either like intentionally seeking those places out or just like stumbling Mm -hmm. upon them you know Mm -hmm. and it's really interesting like how that can affect you like to be like embodied back in a space that 
only existed in your mind for so long, you know? And I find that, like, oftentimes in that situation, I'm, like, evaluating or taking stock of, on some sense, like, the difference that's there between the version of the place that existed inside of me and the version of it that actually exists out in the world, you know? Right. And I'm just curious to know more about what kind of significance and resonance those sorts of places have for you and how they inform your work. Well, that's part of it too, right? Like you said, like sometimes you go back and things aren't exactly as you see them. Cause I, I know thinking about, you know, like, you know, from, from childhood, um, it's funny to go back to these places and you remember them so differently. Like they, it was almost like, you know, like you felt so small in the space. Like it was just like hovering above you and you go back and you know, you're, your position is, is a little bit different. Your perspective is different. Um, I started writing in the Midwest in, in Iowa City. And of course, Iowa and the Writers Workshop is known as, you know, one of the famous writing programs. And it's funny because like, I didn't go to that program. I went to Indiana and Bloomington, mm-hmm. um, like, um, like Ryan did. But, oh, yeah. but it was there where I started to write. And mm-hmm. being in Iowa City for me, is just like, there's, it just, it, it reminds me of all these, you know, uh, of all these things of really becoming an artist mm-hmm. and, you know, having these really tight friendships and discovering punk and, you know, having that be like this thing where like, yeah, this is where I'm supposed to be. This is what I'm supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's kind of like reconnecting to what started it, it all, right? And Iowa City is so much different than I remember it, but it's fun to go back and see how much has changed, but then you're, you still get this feeling like, like, Oh yeah. Like I remember I've gone back to my last school I went to and got an embarrassing yearbook with a picture of me. When I, when, when I, when I was just starting to be a poet, which is crazy. I'm it's like, I'm looking at young 13 year old me poet. Mm. Like this is the beginning. Um, so it's, you know, and here's where I, here's where I mess up. This is supposed to be my secret place of inspiration, right? I promised myself like I was going to sneak back to Iowa City at times and write. So now I've just blown my, I've, I've blown my cover. So I'll, I'll be under, staying under an assumed name somewhere and try to pretend, you know, <laughs> so no one can find me. But um, it, it's, you know, it's, it's just, it means so much. Mm-hmm to me and I finally figured out like my family's from the south my grandparents were from Selma and mm. moved to Louisville Kentucky so for a long time I was involved in writing movements that were involved with the south but then I thought about it like I started writing in the midwest right like I started writing in Iowa like I am at my heart I'm a midwest writer so mm. now I have to think about that perspective like what does that look like I've been in Indianapolis now since 2006 it's like okay, I started writing in Iowa. Like, what does that mean? Right? So I've got to, I've got to be aware of that and be ready to talk about that and respond um, to that. So that's been kind of fun, too, for me to change that perspective and follow new things with my writing. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And I mean, you know, and there's some reality in which like, all of those perspectives are, you know, like very much a part of Mm -hmm. who we all are. And it's always like interesting as an outsider to see how different vantage points like sort of become the like primary, you know, mm-hmm. 
I had this one experience. Sunlux was playing at Iceland Airwaves, the music festival um, in Reykjavik, like probably five years ago now. Mm-hmm. And um, I had spent some time out there working with some really great musicians prior to joining the band, actually. And so it was like a big reunion with all those folks. And um, we were all out to dinner somewhere. And there were these um, this musician, James McVinney, Jamie McVinney. He's a really great organist. Um, and he I knew him a little bit. And there was this viola da gamba player, which is like sort of like this like Baroque instrument that looks like a cello, but it has frets on it. And it kind of has this like really like it can have this very bright kind of cutting sound when it wants to. But it's also like really it's a really cool instrument. Um, But this guy, Liam Byrne, who plays that, you know, and they were both sitting there and they were talking like, you know, on one side of me and I was having a conversation on this side. And um, I'm from North Carolina. And so, like, you know, I'm I'm just having my my talk with somebody else and all of a sudden I hear Liam who's been speaking this entire time in a British accent say like something about North Carolina and I was like wait a minute hold on like excuse me um what so we started talking and it turns out that Liam went to my high school no like he's from North Carolina he's I don't know maybe like I don't know how old he is but I'd have we had the same music theory teacher like get out of here but i would have never been able to tell from talking to him unless he said that out loud you know like i would have never been able to guess that he like of all the people at the table like was the most familiar with where i was coming from you know went around the world to 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 meet that person you know and like here we are sitting there like having this conversation so so what is, I mean, in your Southern experience, right? Yeah. Like, do you think, how does that find its way into your, into, into your music? I mean, I feel like it's actually like, I, I was really identifying with a lot of what you were saying about like going back to Iowa City as like a place where you draw inspiration. I've had similar experiences going back to Raleigh um, oh, okay. and Durham and like kind of being my best friend, and... I think my best friend was from Raleigh and moved to Iowa City. Which is, oh, wow. That's <laughs> weird. All right. Man. Well, <laughs> here we are. Um, yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, like there's a certain kind of, um, for me, there's like a lot of what animates my creative work and process is like a, it's sort of like a rose's like almost a form of therapy I've realized Mm. like of just like piecing together what it meant to like be somebody like me growing up in the place that I grew up and like not quite knowing what all the dynamics were and not being able to look to a prior generation to like see an example of what you know and I think there was a lot of just like among other things a lot of realizing that that process of becoming can be uh, a sort of active one and that there are you know there's like a way of moving through the world in which you are reactive and you internalize the assumptions around you and sort of like you know act those out basically and then there's another way of doing it where you kind of make your own decisions you know Um, and for me that was kind of it felt more like it wasn't really a choice, you know, and it was just like, okay, well, Mm -hmm. 
there isn't a good example. So mm. you might as well do your own thing. You know, that actually kind of takes me into this next area that I'm I'm curious to ask you about, which is, you know, the construction of frameworks in which to express in which the flow happens. I know from talking to you and also from reading your work and understanding a bit more like that there are different formal structures that you've kind of created for yourself mm -hmm. over time. There was, you know, we talked about it a bit when you showed us the Voyager triptych, mm -hmm. which is amazing. <laughs> like that, you know, for anybody who gets to see that, I yeah. just like was so thrilled about it. And it, as you were explaining to us how you approached it, um, the consideration around form and the sort of active like you were like, I'm going to impose a structure on this, but this structure mm -hmm. is one that I have thought through and developed. And yeah. it's a skeleton that I like built yeah. piece by piece, you know? And, and so I was wondering yeah. if you could talk about your sort of more active way of creating mm -hmm. the framework on which like the magic hangs. <laughs> like, yeah, that's a good way to say it. I think, um, Going back to the idea of not wanting to repeat myself in the books that I write, I came up with this idea early on that I was going to create a form, a poetic form with each book that I that I wrote. So I've got three books. And the first book, it was having alternate takes. I was writing a book of persona poems about Donny Hathaway. It was one of my yeah. favorite musicians. And so I was like, what if I have poems of like an album that you hear and you go back and there's you know, multiple takes of one song, you know, mm -hmm. which is great when you, you know, jazz albums are always doing that. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. So the next time the poem comes back in the alternate take, you get a little bit of new information. It's like some someone's improvisation that goes yeah. in a different direction, right? Which is mm -hmm. why we have those alternate takes together. But you listen to both of them, you're like, wow, you know, you're glad to have both. So that was fun. That was a form that felt like it was right for a book about a musician. My second book was more autobiographical poems. It's called Black Alphabet. And that's where I created the fret. Like I said, my grandparents grew up in, in, in Selma. I had a grandfather who worked with his brothers um, that, that were sharecroppers. Uh, and I was like, okay, look, I'm black, I'm from the South. I know everybody has written all these sharecropping poems and I know people are gonna have this critique. This is me thinking about people critiquing me before stuff is even written, right? So I'm, so I'm like, I'm gonna write a form that instead of, you know, giving you something, you know, to, to tear down before it happens, I'm gonna create a form that talks about struggle and it's based on the blues in the sense that it's around, uh, the form of a guitar. So when you see the poem, it looks like six lines that start with, you know, the names of strings E A D G B E and goes down like that. And each line starts with, you know, the name of the string, a word that, that begins that. And you can see these visual kind of um, sejuras, these pauses on the page, and it looks like frets and separation. So I did a series of those poems about my grandparents, you know, about, about my grandfather. I was like, okay, th that makes sense, you know, to me. So here's the funny thing, because you guys gave me this great opportunity to write this poem, I'm like, I'm gonna use my form and I'm gonna use it for your poem. I start drafting and I go, it's not working. <laughs> so I was like, stop. Like, so this is where I have to ego check 
I have to put my form to the side. And then I thought, I've always, you know, I've got friends that write good contrapuntals. You know, you see mm. these poems that are side by side and you can read it down each column and you can also read it across. Mm. And then I was like, well, what if I do a triptych? You know, yeah. you guys are doing three albums because I really feel like this is why I felt so great about being involved in this because I really thought you were thinking about this like poets. Why don't I do a poem where each column is a poem but you can also read it across. And so I was like, that gave it more complexity to me in terms of the way that you guys went about the project and it mm -hmm. felt right. And so I was pleased with the results. I'm glad you guys were, were pleased with that too. Oh and yeah, I was it's just, amazing. You know, looking, listening to that, that listening to all the albums are really getting stuck on the third so, so much yeah. and listening to a lot of that and, and, and finishing that up. And I was like, okay, this is what it needs to be. So, you know, Amiri Baraka said a long time ago that he would never write a poem. Uh, he would never write a sonnet. <laughs> he's yeah. like, you know, like a poem doesn't, you know, he's like a poem doesn't need to be a a, a, a form. You know, it's more important right. about what it sounds like and what you sound like. And so mm -hmm. I feel like if you're going to use a form, yeah, better have better a have reason. a reason for using yeah. that form. So somebody yeah. doesn't look at it and go, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and that's yeah, the yeah. end of the engagement, right? Yeah, so, no, and it's, I mean, that's exactly what I'm talking about is that, like, you've, you know, the, there's clearly, like, this active kind of um, imposition of this thing as a, you know, it's not a cage, it's a, you right. know, like a stepping stone or like a, you know, like a pedestal for something to sit on top of or to hang off of or something. Yeah. And there is always that thing, you know, like, there's always the thing where, like, if there's a frame that can provide context then you can see something exploding out of it you know like yeah without context there's no we don't perceive boundaries as well and so we don't perceive them being broken but yeah i i was just curious um not to put you on the spot but do you have any uh particular favorite alternate takes Whew. off of different records like that's a good that's a good question i'm thinking about Coltrane, I think. I was also thinking about Coltrane. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Because there's so there's so many different ones, but oh, now I, I hate that the song is escaping me. It's weird though, because I like sometimes I like McCoy Tyner's version of of, of his stuff mm -hmm. too. That just like yeah. oh, and then with the piano is so much different. Something else is is happening. You just kind of go like, you know. I, I mean, I love you know. Uh, McCoy Tyner. Um, yeah, me too. I think, I think in my mind, like I want to be a, you know, I'm a, a, the imaginary jazz pianist. That's what I, that's what I really want to do. Of course, I'm gonna, I'm gonna remember the song like after. But those are the opportunities, right? You know, especially it's like, and I'm glad we're getting those those lost albums. You know, mm. which kind of blows my mind. Like these guys were so busy that they recorded whole whole really good albums and forgot about them. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> like, really? You know, but it's just like that work ethic, man, is, you know, it, it's something else. I, dare I say it, um, I love Prince. And I, I just wonder, 
we always wonder about things that are released. That's kind of like me thinking about like if you found the beginning of a poem and it was never published that way, and I was like, you weren't meant to see that. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's a reason why there's vaults, right? Yeah. <laughs> of unreleased material, um, and I and I'm like, you know, Prince knew the kind of artist he wanted to be and what he wanted to show, and if he didn't release it, like that, that means something, you know. Um, not to dump on the estate of Prince, but you know, we're all like, we're, I, you know, if you love Prince, you're wondering like, yeah, no, should that happen? Yeah. <laughs> like for me, it's Jimi Hendrix. And like every time they go oh, to release yeah. a new Hendrix record at this point, I'm just like, don't do it. <laughs> like, <laughs> don't like, do, just like, leave why? them alone. Like, like you know. we, we have so much to unpack forever like already we're okay seriously we don't need to be greedy like seriously speaking of which like electric ladyland like makes me think like you know i was just thinking about that the other day like why don't yeah. i have this on vinyl yet like i'm <laughs> like i'm thinking of stuff i think about i right? also do not um, have that on vinyl but um man that first actual song on the like have you ever been to electric lady is like <sighs> one of the greatest pieces of music ever i think I and i cannot that believe that it's not more widely know, like just like that people don't know that song like, it's interesting to me that um like i love hiatus coyote and yeah, so i'm glad they're, they're coming back but like napalm yeah. did the did the the cover of electric lady land which was just like this is like you're covering hendrix <laughs> and like, I mean, to even get to the point where you're doing that. But I mean, I love the way that she I love the way that she did it. Oh, man. Was, now I'm intrigued. I haven't heard it. It's like she did that up. that solo album that was just beautiful. Mm -hmm. um, I heard really good things about that. I haven't yeah. Heard it, and I just but, love that. She's yeah. got a song called Haiku where every verse is a haiku. I'm like, come on now. I like, you know, I'm a sucker. Like, for like yeah. oh, the poet is being reeled in. Like, yeah. Like, yeah, it's good. So I'm glad to see them them back too, especially all the stuff she's been through and, you know, health. I just like, you know, I, this is like when you get to this time and you see, you know, artists that are so, they've been so brave with the things that they've done and they're, mm -hmm. you know, like this this time of year, right? You know, what what's being released and um, you're talking about, you know, you guys and touring and, you know, also releasing things and touring and there's all these, this is just such a a fun time of the year i think for me i think we're all just kind of like what are we gonna do now you know like yeah. we're ready to go so just watching all this happen it's just like man it's good good energy yeah it's been amazing to see like people coming back but also i know that there are a lot of people who like aren't gonna be able to come back or like have had to yeah. move on to other things at least in terms of like what they're doing to make a living yeah. and stuff like that and so yeah i mean like for anybody out there listening and thinking about this like artists need your support right now in every field you know and there are Seriously. a lot of people out there who are not in a position where they can just get back to it you know and and um this year has been hard enough for yeah. a lot of folks so consider um that in the way that you move through the world i guess um mm -hmm. but um I wanted to ask you one more question, which is about uh, a sort of um, technique that you employed in the um, that article that you wrote for Salon last summer, mm -hmm. um, where you had revisions like within the piece, you know, speaking of like alternate takes and like, yeah, and, and it was this 
I was laughing out loud when I saw the first one because it was just so you just dropped it like in the you're like it was amazing when this person revised their work in front of us and I was like thinking about it as I was reading it and I was like wow that's so profound that somebody would like just you know be like changing their work you know to give listeners context that this was a poet um who was the poet it was was Lee Young Lee yeah so Lee Young Lee was doing a reading that you attended and as that was happening like works were just being revised on stage in front of you and just like I feel like you like correctly called out how brave and you know inspiring that was and then you immediately proceeded to do it in the article (laughs) I mean it's like you know it's like if anybody's gonna do that Lee Young Lee, you know, definitely who I respect so much, but also like too, it's like, it's your work. Yeah. Like it's yours, you know? So if you're not going to do it and stand up for it, like, like who else? But I was curious like about how, you know, because it felt to me in reading that piece that you were employing that, you know, and you, I hate to spoil it for anybody who hasn't read it, but I will say that you employ it in a, very intentional way and it feels like this kind of like breaking the fourth wall sort of thing and and i was curious about like what your thinking was behind that or you know like what animated the decision to make that choice and what i hate to use like words like what you thought it would accomplish or something like that but like what you how you thought it would communicate it or, or how it would communicate maybe is a better way of putting it that's a that's a that's a good question i i feel like that revision and what I was getting from Lee Young Lee in that in that moment. And, you know, we've we've been there. You might hear a part on the album and you're thinking about what if I had played it this way? I'm looking at a poem. Every thinking, part on the album. <laughs> <laughs> like every, so 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 we have the same issue. Yeah. Um looking at a poem that's already been published and you're like, when I read it, I'm taking this part out. So it's that moment of communication where you're like, this is something so difficult that's happening right now. I'm having a hard time expressing it. I want you to see how difficult it is for me to express it. You know, the Solana articles, when all these things started happening in this really, really tight, you know, time span with George Floyd and Breonna Taylor and, uh, and Ahmaud Arbery, uh, I'm from Louisville. You know, Kentucky. Yeah. So, Bri- so Brianna Taylor for me is is personal. Um, this happened in a place where you know my family is, you know, and I worry about them because of something like that. And I'm and I wanted to go, you know, as soon as we, you mm-hmm. know, heard about things happening in DC and movements, and especially with you know that that clearing of the path of, to to the church uh, across the you know the street of the nameless person. I'm not gonna bring that energy in here. Um, it was just like, I want to go to DC. My partner and I drove to DC so we could experience what was happening and be on Black Lives Matter Plaza. And for me to see how people outside of Louisville were reacting to Breonna Taylor and, and talk about that. Cause I didn't think things were happening and, you know, in, a, in, a, in, in the way they should be in Louisville. Um, so I was trying to show the difficulty of just living in that moment. And how do we even talk about something like this? But it might be hard to discuss, but we've got to do the talking and we've got to start talking to each other. And so that was that was the idea. And hopefully that came across in the piece that meant a lot 
for me to um, to to do that. I'm about to go back to DC soon. Um, that's going to be one of the places I do research, but that'll be the first time back since last summer when I, wow, when I yeah. wrote that. Yeah. So that's going to be like, <laughs> it's going to be one of those moments, like what we started out talking about where it's like, you're in the place and it's yeah. a different version of itself, but hopefully some resonance yeah. from those echoes from before is still out there resonating somewhere. Yeah. Um, yeah. It fucking better be. <laughs> it's going to be a trip, you know, so yeah. it's, you know, me and my partner again, going back to, you know, to, to experience DC and I'm researching mm -hmm. and she's taking pictures and we're, we're going back into that space again, right. It's, it's two artists, two poets going back into the space. Yeah. Like, what's that going to be like, you know? Um, yeah. It's so, so many things, but I feel like, you know, we're, we're here to make people think. I always tell people that artists improve, the quality of life and the communities that they occupy. And then hopefully when other people outside their community see that it kind of ripples, you know, out and touches other people. So, you know, that, that's what we're here for, you know, man, not, you know, it's um, not that it's easy, but not asking for it to be easy, just in, enjoying the experience and, and being here to make it happen. Oh man. Well, thank you so much for, sharing your thought-provoking work with us man it's so good to talk yeah. to you man always yeah likewise yeah always and Appreciate again soon it. hopefully yeah, yeah take good care of yourself and um until soon yeah you too man appreciate it thank you have a good one thanks to my friend mitchell lh douglas for joining me it was beautiful to learn more about his process and approach to finding and conveying meaning Head to MitchellDouglasPoetry.com for more on his work and follow him on all the usual social media platforms if you're so inclined. Plans We Make was created by me, Rafiq Bhatia, and my son Lux bandmates Ryan Lott and Ian Chang, and was produced and edited by Chris Jacobs. Special thanks to executive producers Michael Kaufman and Hannah Hauser for all their support, and be sure to subscribe to Plans We Make wherever you get your podcasts. Next week, drummer Ian Chang will take over host duties with an episode talking to rapper and producer Nappy Nina. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast or our YouTube channel to get those conversations. I'm Rafiq Bhatia. Thanks for listening. <laughs>